Welcome to the weekly Comic Web Old Time Radio Program podcast. The Comic Web sells all of the old time radio programs heard on our podcast, as well as comic books and more. Check out our Superman radio podcast, and we have a video podcast of the old movie cliffhanger serials. Go to our website, comicweb.com, for information on how to get them, or type the word Comic Web into iTunes and they'll pop up. This week we have two episodes of The Strange Doctor Weird. They are only about 12 minutes long each, but you get your full share of horror suspense. They first aired in 1945. The Strange Doctor Weird. Good evening. Come in, won't you? You seem a bit nervous. Perhaps it would help if I told you a story about a friend of mine who had a most unusual experience. You see, he was executed first and then committed murder afterwards. I call his story The Man Who Lived Twice. My story, The Man Who Lived Twice, begins on the gallows, where Professor Carl Muller, world-famous scientist, is about to die for murder. As the executioner finishes adjusting the rope around the condemned man's neck, the warden speaks. Well, Muller, is there anything you wish to say? Only this. You are hanging me for a crime I did not commit. Very well. Then I shall become a criminal, a murderer. And you, warden... You shall be one of the first to feel my vengeance. Proceed with the execution. Professor Williams. Yes, sir. Come quickly. Of course. Everything's ready and waiting. Right here. Good. Start the artificial heart pumping. Of course. Thanks to the governor's special order, everything went smoothly. Look, John. So you got it. Yes, the law has Professor Muller's dead body, but we have his head. The head containing the wonderful brain of Carl Muller. The governor thought I wanted to dissect it, but we'll bring it to life. We must work fast. In ten minutes, with luck, we'll have brought back to life the genius that was Carl Muller. We've won, Professor. Look, his eyes, they blinked. Yes. Now they're opening. They're staring at us. His brain lives and knows what we're doing. Now, John, we must find some way to let that mighty brain we've rescued from the grave speak to us so that its great work may be carried on. Come, John, we must work fast. For many days, Professor Williams and John tried to build some kind of vocal apparatus which would enable Carl Muller's still living head to speak to them. But each effort failed. Until at last they became desperate. Another failure. John, I'm afraid we're beaten. There must be some way, Professor. Look, Muller's eyes are watching us. He knows what's happening. I'll bet he could tell us what to do if he could talk. Yes, but he can't. What was that? Something in the road outside. A, an automobile accident, perhaps. Oh, of course. John, we may not be able to keep Muller's head alive much longer. Unless we can communicate with him, I need his advice. There must be some answer. Muller's notes give full details. Someone's at the door. Quick, lock it. No one must enter this room. Uh, help me. 
I... It's someone who's hurt. I... He's bleeding. I... That crash we heard. Please help me. Accident car hit the tree. It's thrown out in front of him. Catch him. Quick. I've got him. He's fainted. Put him down on the couch here. Uh, let me look at him. Mm. What is it? This fellow's dead. A bit of steel has apparently entered the temple here and pierced the brain. I'm surprised that he even lived to reach the door. Dead? Well, then I better phone the police to send the morgue wagon. Yes, I... No. Wait. Yes, Professor? John, look at this stranger whose dead body fate has brought us. His head is the same size and shape as Carl Muller's. Professor Muller's brain should fit into this stranger's head almost exactly. Yes, but... Listen. Here we have a sound body with a damaged brain. Over there is Muller's brain alive, but with no body. John, we're going to do it. We're going to put Muller's brain into this stranger's body and truly bring Muller back to life again. Say, uh, Doctor, tonight's story has me a little worried. Do you think you could give us a little idea of what happens next? Mm, certainly. You're going to spend no more than 40 seconds talking about Adam Hats. Oh, I can do it in 30. Gentlemen, the way an Adam hat keeps its smart appearance is something to marvel at. There's very little fussing with brims or constant blocking because an Adam is made of high-quality, long-wearing, all-fur felt. Adam hats are designed for fashion, too, coming in a wide variety of distinctive shades and shapes so that you can choose the Adam that's right for you. There's a flair to an Adam that just naturally does something for a fellow. Prices are only $3.45 to $10 at Adam Hat stores and authorized dealers everywhere. Tomorrow, make an investment in your personal appearance. Buy yourself an Adam Hat. Now, back to Dr. Weird. And now to continue my story, The Man Who Lived Twice. For an hour, Professor Williams and John worked swiftly to carry out the task of transferring the living brain of Carl Muller into the body of the stranger, so uh, providentially brought to them by fate. At the end of that time... Look, John, he's breathing. The operation was successful. Yes, I can feel a pulse beat. Switch off the pumps. See? He lives! He lives! The body, yes. But the brain... Will that live, too? Only time will tell us. For weeks, the two scientists tended their amazing patient day and night. And then one day, the stranger's body moved, a sign that the transplanted brain had taken control of its new home. For after that, it was only a matter of days before... Carl Muller was able to get up and dress and inspect in a mirror the new body that had become his. Ah, yes. Yes, Professor Williams, you have done well. Excellently. I find it hard to believe this is truly me, Carl Muller. But it is. And how the world will marvel when it learns the truth. Ah, the world, yes. Tell me, this body that is now mine... To whom did it belong before our little transfer? Hmm? You were named Larry Johnson, Professor. That's about all we know. You see, there was an accident and... Yes, I know. I witnessed the arrival of Mr. Johnson, I remember. But you know nothing of this Larry Johnson who staggered in so fortunately that day to present me with his body? No, we never made any inquiries. We didn't want to attract attention. You are wise. 
does not matter who I was. What does matter is that I am now Carl Muller, a genius with 50 years of life still ahead of him. But, of course, I cannot use the name of Muller. What do you mean? Carl Muller was convicted for the crime of murder because a subject died in an experiment. So Carl Muller must stay dead. But as Larry Johnson, a new scientific genius, will arise to astound the world. What that means? It means that no one must ever know what happened in this laboratory. No one ever know? It must be a secret, always. And for another reason, too. Those fools who convicted me, they must be made to pay, and they shall with their lives. What are you saying? I was convicted of murder. I shall become a murderer. The judge, the prosecutor, the jury, they shall all feel my vengeance. That's madness, Muller. Listen to me. Your brain's been affected by what's happened. My brain is clear and stronger than ever. I shall have my vengeance secretly, cleverly. My victims, they will cow in terror the thought I am striking back at them from beyond the grave. I have been making my plans as I convalesced. No, we'll stop you. Will you? I think not. John, look out. He's got a scalpel in his hand. He's got it! You've killed him. Yes. Now it is your turn. No, stay away from me. I must die so my secret will remain safe. You're mad. I'm a genius. The world, it will coward my feet before I am through. But enough of talking. Uh, no. Uh, no. Let me go. Let me go. All who stand Don't in my way shall suffer the same fate. Uh, uh, now. Now no one in the world knows that Carl Maller, who died on the gallows, lives again. Two hours later, Carl Muller left the house. His plan was simple. He would take over Larry Johnson's identity, claiming that the accident he had been in had given him amnesia and he could remember nothing of his past. Confidently, he walked into town and then stopped to ask the first policeman he met the way to the address he had found in Larry's wallet. Pardon me, officer. Which way is Michigan Avenue, please? Why are you... Larry. Larry Johnson. Right. Yes, of course I'm Larry Johnson. What of it? What of it? I'll show you what of it. There, put up your hands or I'll plug you. Oh, just a moment. What is this? I have done nothing. You have done nothing. Uh, look, officer, I've been in an accident. My men You'll be I... in a worse accident if you try anything. I've got you now. But I don't understand. What... You'll understand when the judge sentences you to hang, you murdering rat. Uh, hang? Ma. Oh. Well, this can be. I, You'll I, find out. Why, I've done nothing. Let go of that gun. No. Let go. I'll plug him. Give me that gun. I'll shoot no, him. I'll me. shoot him. Ah. Yeah. Oh. I warned you. Well, you had it coming. I've only saved the state the price of a trial. Oh. It, yes. Yes, you have. What was Larry Johnson wanted for, anyway? What were you wanted for? <laughs> We're holding up a bank messenger and then killing Officer Clancy in your getaway, that's all. Yeah, and for stealing a getaway car which you wrecked and abandoned out in the suburbs. Uh, no. No. Wanted for murder. The, the body I, I took was wanted for murder. Uh, uh, <laughs> no. no. <laughs> Poor Professor Muller. To think that after being executed, he should get a brand new body, only to find himself wanted for murder all over again. <laughs> it looks as if fate was determined he should stay dead, doesn't it? And he has, uh, since then. In fact, he's buried in the cemetery outside. 
He's the only man in the world who has two graves and is buried in both of them. Would you like me to show them to you? Oh, you're leaving. Well, I hope you'll drop in again soon. Just look for the house on the other side of the cemetery. The house of Dr. Weir. The Strange Dr. Weird. Good evening. Come in, won't you? Well, what's the matter? You seem a bit nervous. Perhaps the cemetery outside this house has upset you. But there are things far worse than cemeteries. For instance, a criminal with murder in his heart. As in my story tonight, which I call Picture of a Killer. My story, Picture of a Killer, begins in the business district of a large city. Two men, Duke Farson and Lefty Williams, are driving slowly along one of the main streets. Both men are tense, watchful. Suddenly, Duke speaks. Slow down, Lefty. I see a parking spot right near the bank. Okay, Duke. But I tell you, I still don't like this job. Stop worrying, will you? We can't miss. Now, look. Just keep the motor running for a fast getaway. I'll take care of the rest. Okay, Duke. Good luck. Pardon me, mister. You like to have your picture taken? No, buddy, I wouldn't. I take a nice picture. It'll only I don't want my picture taken. Never had a picture taken in my life. I'm not starting now. Now beat it. Sure, sure. Maybe some other time. It's all I need. Have my picture taken. Comes the payroll clerk now. Uh, pardon me, bud. Uh, have you got a match? Why no? I don't move or make a sound. There's a gun I got in my pocket. A hold up? Yeah. Now hand me that bag you're carrying. I, I can't. It, it's locked. Yeah, away. but you got the key to unlock it. Fork it over and make it fast. All right, but just don't shoot. I've got the key in this. Oh, try to pull a gun on me. <laughs> Maybe that'll teach you. Duke, what happened? Stop talking and get going. Duke, how long are we going to stay cooped up in this apartment? It's dark now. Let's slam out of town before the cops get us. Relax, will you? I said we'd leave town until the heat's off, didn't I? I'll pick up your hat and coat. We'll be on our way. And now you're talking. All right, you ready? Yeah, just lead the way. Stop looking so nervous, will you? Relax. They can't prove a thing against us. We got nothing Don't to worry about. We've got you covered. O'Hara! Yeah, O'Hara. Get the gun, Schwartz. Hey, what's okay, the idea, O'Hara. O'Hara? You haven't got a thing on us. Oh, no? You're both under arrest for the attempted murder of that payroll clerk this morning. Attempted murder? Yeah, by a miracle, the guy's still alive. Now, look, O'Hara. We got witnesses. They'll testify we were nowhere near the place where that payroll clerk got his. Yeah. We got an alibi you can't break. I can't, huh? Take a look at this photograph. Duke, look. Huh? It's a picture of you plugging a payroll clerk. No. Yes, Duke. The camera doesn't lie. Street photographer George Parker's his name snapped this picture just as you shot the payroll clerk. And unless I miss my guess, this picture's going to send you up the river for a long, long stretch. <laughs> Dr. Weir, don't you ever leave this dreary house and visit your friends? Why, of course. And when I do, I always dress meticulously. 
My pocket revolver is nicely polished. I carefully sharpen my sword cane. And as for my bulletproof vest... <laughs> Enough, I... Doctor. I can see you dress in style. But I think the men in our audience are interested in a little different kind of style. The kind you get in Adam hats. Fashioned in distinctive shapes, in a variety of brisk-looking shades, Adam hats are the sort of hats people admire. And that's why so many famous radio, stage, and screen personalities who need to look their best every moment of the day and evening, choose Adam. They know they'll be able to choose from a full selection of correctly styled hats at Adam Hat Stores. Follow their discriminating example. Stop in at your nearest Adam Hat Store or authorized dealer. There are thousands, coast to coast, and look over the current line of smartly fashioned Adam Hats. Prices, $3.45 to $10. And now, back to our story in the Dr. Weird style. <laughs> And now I'll continue my story, Picture of a Killer. Duke Farson and Lefty Williams, their alibi broken by the picture that George Parker, the photographer, had snapped at the scene of the crime, was sentenced to 20 years for the attempted murder of the payroll clerk. Five years passed. Five years in which Duke's hatred for George Parker grew into something that was almost uh, insanity. Then one day... While they were at work in the prison yard, Duke hunted up his pal, Lefty, and said in a low, tense voice, Everything's all set, Lefty. We're lambing out here tomorrow night. Tomorrow night, huh? Yeah. Once we get over the wall, there'll be a car waiting for us. In it, we'll find a couple of rods, some clothes, and some dough. That's great, Duke. Then we'll head for Mexico, huh? Yeah, we'll head for Mexico. But first, there's someone we got a call on. Who's that? The guy that put us here, George oh. Parker. If it hadn't been for him and his camera... Yeah. So help me if it's the last thing I do, I'm going to get that guy. I'll teach him to take pictures of me. Duke, listen. Them cops are tearing this town apart to find us. As long as we stick to this back alley, they won't spot us. Just another block to that picture shop that Parker owns. Duke, we can't afford to waste time on Parker. Come on. Let's get back to the car and head for Mexico. We aren't going anyplace until I've taken care of Parker, do you hear? For five years, I've waited to get even with him, and nothing is going to stop me. Oh, listen, Duke. I hate Parker as much as you do, but this ain't the time to knock him off. I'm going back to where we left the car, and I'm heading for Mexico. It's not healthy to talk like that, Lefty. You know what happens to guys who cross me up? Now, come on. It's not much further to Parker's shop. Nothing doing. This is where you and me part company. Oh, it is, huh? Yeah. I'm going back to the... Okay, Lefty. We'll part company. But my way. So long, Lefty. Yeah, I'd like to have my picture taken. Oh, fine, fine. Well, now, if you'll just come this way, please. Yes, sure. Nice little shop you got here. Oh, thank you. Now, if you just sit in this chair while I adjust the lights. Yeah, sure. Hey, those lights are kind of strong. Oh, you're right. I'll get used to them in a moment. Now, will you, will you just look this way, please? Yeah. Uh, there, I, I think the lighting's all right now. Uh, that, that's it. Now, now, just hold that pose until I focus the camera. <laughs> You know, the last time you took my picture, you didn't have all this fancy equipment. Oh, I, I've taken your picture before, haven't I? Yeah, don't you remember me? No, I'm sorry, but I don't. <clears throat> no, I'm ready. Smile, please. Wait a minute. 
What? Did you mind letting go of that bulb? That's it. You're sure you haven't taken my picture yet? Why, no. No, I, I, I was just about to when you told me to wait. That's fine. Now step away from that camera a bit. That's it. I, I, I don't understand. Is, is, is anything wrong? No, no. <laughs> Everything's fine. Just as I've changed my mind, I don't want my picture taken. You don't want it taken? No. The one you took of me five years ago was the first I ever had taken. It's going to be the last. The one I took of you five years ago? Yeah. You were a street photographer then. Oh. You took it outside the Third National Bank while I was sticking up the payroll. Carson. You crossed Yeah. Me. Didn't recognize me, did you? No. Five years behind bars changes a man, don't it, uh, huh? Don't move. Uh, I got you covered. Uh, what, are you, what are you going to do? What do you think? Uh, Hadn't no. been for you and that camera of yours, they'd never have got me. Uh, I'd never have gone up the river. No, 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 Carson, don't look too... Please, 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 please don't I used kill. to lie awake in my cell night after night, dreaming of this moment. The moment when my finger would tighten on the trigger of a gun. A gun! And again! And again! And again! Duke Farson, a smile on his lips, got up, stepped over George Parker's body, and quickly walked out of the shop. A few minutes later, Duke suddenly stopped. A block away, the police were swarming around his getaway car. Cursing his luck, Duke hurriedly retreated. As dawn approached, he broke into an empty house where he decided to hide and rest until it should be dark again. Exhausted, he had little trouble falling asleep. Come on, Duke, wake up. Wake up! <coughs> What's wrong? What? O'Hara! Yeah, O'Hara. Don't try anything, Duke. We got you covered. Schwartz, get us gone. I haven't got one. That's right, O'Hara. He has it. Oh, pretty smart of you, Duke, getting rid of that gun. I don't know what you're talking about. You don't, huh? No. I suppose you're going to tell me that you didn't murder George Parker last no, night. No, I didn't. You can't prove I did. But I can, Duke. Who do you think you're kidding? I suppose you got a witness, huh? Yes, Duke, I have. Take a look at this photograph. No. Oh. No, that, that... That can't be. But it is, Duke. It's a picture taken of you as you shot and killed George Parker. But the, there wasn't anybody there to take my picture. Parker and I were alone. He was no place near the camera. He couldn't have taken it. He didn't take the picture, Duke. Death took it. Death took it? What are you talking about? You fired four shots at Parker, Duke. Your hand must have been shaking. You hated him so much. One of the bullets went wild and hit the shutter mechanism of the camera, no. causing a picture to be snapped. Just as you were committing murder. You... You mean... One of those slugs hit the camera? Made it take my picture? Yes, Duke. And you're going to find that it was the most expensive picture ever taken of anybody. Because this picture is going to cost you your life. Sure enough, O'Hara was right. For six months later, Duke Farson was hanged for the murder of George Parker. A crime he could never have been convicted of if it hadn't been for Exhibit A. A photograph snapped at the scene of the crime by a stray bullet. <laughs> a bullet that Duke Farson himself had fired. Ah, well, they say that justice has a strange way of working itself out. It certainly seems so in Duke's case. Now, I remember another case where... 
Oh, you have to go now. Too bad. But perhaps you'll drop in on me again soon. I'm always home. Just look for the house on the other side of the cemetery. The house of Dr. Weir. Mm-hmm.